Near the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, I remember standing in line at a local supermarket. I was looking around me, trying to avoid the steel, unfaltering gaze of a small child in front of me. I noticed the look of exhaustion and stress upon the grocery store workers. To me, it seemed more than usual, and it hit me. While I'd been teleworking, quarantining, and only venturing out to get groceries or to go on a late-night run, these workers have not, and could not. Their work schedules could not be changed to teleworking, the six-foot gap not always possible, and they have had to deal with the rest of society freaking out while they show up to face it all head-on, for better or for worse. My name is Joshua Hedberg, and this episode is called COVID Checkout. The CDC defines frontline workers as those who conduct a range of operations and services in industries that are essential to ensure the continuity of critical functions in the United States. Frontline workers have gotten a lot of well-deserved attention over the past year. Most of the praise and attention I've heard have been for the health frontline workers. While I agree they deserve every bit of it, it seems the others have been somewhat left out and grocery store workers, from my initial viewpoint, have seemed all but forgotten. To learn how their working conditions and their experiences of the ongoing pandemic, I set out to interview employees of local grocery stores. An easy job, I thought at first. Sure, I couldn't just waltz in a store and hold up the self-checkout line or the deli to have an impromptu interview, but how hard could it be? As it turns out, very. I first reached out to some local chains around me. I'd call, channel my best Karen impersonation, and ask for the manager. I let them know I was doing a podcast and wanted to step in an interview with anyone available, making sure to let them know it'd only take a few minutes and I was free whenever they had time to do it. Store after store gave me numbers or transferred me to their public relations offices at their headquarters. I was not expecting this at all. After all, I wasn't doing some crazy expose. I was just trying to get candid, casual interviews, and I knew that wouldn't be possible going through that route. I called other smaller chains, stressing the fact there would be no last names nor store names, and my questions weren't trying to be controversial. Still no luck, and I was continuously being directed to public relations office or just flat out told no. To me, it seemed like something more was going on. Though it took some searching, I found out according to an article written by Alexis Smith in the Pueblo Chieftain, one of our local newspapers, there has been a 735% increase in positive COVID-19 cases just in Kroger stores alone, and a 12,085% increase in Albertsons and Safeway stores. This wasn't just a local issue either. Grocery stores across the nation have seen a similar spike. A scientific journal that found COVID-19 tests for more grocery store workers in their study were significantly higher than the surrounding communities, most of whom were asymptomatic. So the company's hesitance of the interviews or anyone asking questions began to make sense. I knew I wouldn't be able, I would have to get creative to get the interviews. Demoralized and desperate, I reached out via social media to friends and family members to see if they were willing to be interviewed or knew anyone who might. Finally, I was able to get a few interviews. Both had different experiences, and I found both to be very resilient. I cut both of their last names and places of employment out of the interview just for their sake. The first interview I got was from Hannah, a childhood friend who recently moved to healthcare work from grocery store work in the March of 2020. While she only experienced a bit of the pandemic from a lens of a grocery store worker, 
she arguably experienced the most hectic part. Lori, the other kind person to volunteer, is a friend of a family member throughout most of the entire pandemic. The most contentious question I ended up asking was about hero pay. It's an extra hazard pay to encourage and to show appreciation to the grocery store workers. I asked Lori about this extra pay boost. We received it for about, oh, I'm going to say just like three or four months, and our union is fighting like crazy to get it back for us. Um, and they're not paying it anymore. Really? So, and it, it, yeah. And I, I really was pleased that they did the hero pay. And I understood because in the grocery store, especially even more in the smaller departments that up front, you are up close and personal. I work in the produce department, so people just get in your space all the time. So it, it was very scary when we didn't know how bad it was, might be. Yeah, I could imagine. But they stopped paying the hero pay, and they're they're not looking to to give us more anytime soon. To help these at-risk workers in some areas on the West Coast, hero pay has been mandated. But according to Sapana Marawashi and Michael Corkery of the New York Times, these counties are now facing threats of store closures and even an end to food bank donations from grocers. Due to the new laws, despite no local mandate for hero pay, even Lori's store has seen some harsh changes. Our grocery store is profitable enough that one bit to get um, hero pay, especially since they have cut hours so bad lately. Like in my little department, they've cut 50 hours a week. Wow. In, you know, it's ridiculous. So we're all overworked now in a big way and just doing what we can with all the stuff they want us to do. Mm -hmm. um, so here I'll pay for, and we lost a whole person in our department alone. So they could afford to pay the ones that are left here I'll pay. As a way to end my interview with Lori, I asked if anything stuck out to her, good or bad, throughout this whole entire pandemic. Um, I hate to say it, but the mask wearing was way too politicized. That's the thing that sticks out the most for me. Even though Hannah only worked a portion of the pandemic, when asked about the effects of the pandemic had on her and her coworkers, she said, We were really stressed out. Um, also, our management, even though I'm not sure if I should say anything, but I'll go ahead and say it, um, they told us not to substitute anything. Um, we were short-staffed, um, which is a bad thing, and um, we got behind in orders and customers got so mad that we were still behind on orders because um, we would get like almost close to about I think the last time I checked was about three orders per day Damn. which is insane for our small little store I had tried to keep both interviews light even though they're about an inherently serious matter. My more innocent questions, like what products were being brought more than others, other than obviously the toilet paper and hand sanitizer, 
were just met with matter-of-fact responses, like cleaning products or mask glove combo packs, and I don't blame them. This whole year has been exhausting for most of us, and I'm sure especially for frontline workers. But even though throughout both of the interviews they mentioned their struggles and their stressors, they both seemed hopeful, and neither was as negative as I think I would have been possibly in their situations. As I mentioned at the top, they are both, like a majority of frontline workers, resilient. Next time you go to your grocery store or shopping, just try and keep in mind that employees are just trying to get through and they deserve our appreciation and patience. This has been COVID Checkout. I have been your host, Joshua Hedberg. Thank you so much for listening.